Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode called Something is Wrong. It's about when worry, fear, regret, shame, and any other negative emotions block you from yourself. Oh shit, this is bad. I'm not wrong, they're wrong. This hurts. I wish this wasn't this way. Why does everyone hate me? I hate everyone. I am dreading going to this place. I wish I never dated that person. They're probably talking shit about me. I should be doing better by my age. I haven't done anything with my life. No one loves me. I look like shit. So these are the voices of worry, shame, fear, regret, pain, and other emotions in various forms. The loops that play a over and over and push us to solve for X or act according to X. And this is when you can't find your way out of a situation and instead your life just gets fogged over by the situation. When you know that something is wrong and because of it you feel terrible inside. Life suddenly loses its highlights and you start to ask for advice, you start to work on plans to overcome it, You wish on it, you pray on it, you lament it, you replay it over and over again. You try aggressively to work on alleviating it, or you hide from it and numb it, and it thickens. It's the one thing that really catalyzes a whole lot of other beliefs, a whole lot of bad beliefs. Like colors your life path, and you just can't seem to figure out a workaround. When an emotion sticks inside us, it controls us, and it often pushes us to act on its behalf like a little demon with a joystick inside your brain. So if this sounds familiar, even vaguely, this is an episode for you. There are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Before I go on, I wanted to let everybody know about my second podcast. It's called Love is Like a Plant with a gal named Ellen Huerta of Mend. She started an app that's to get you through a breakup. So we teamed up. I recommend you check it out. It's all about relationships and dating. Anywho, here we go. The what. What we think about on a daily basis creates our life. What we perceive and feel shapes our reality, including when we go through big, difficult stuff that hurts us. Life challenges, ego challenges, really overwhelming, stressful situations. The big shit that happens in life. It's like that smackdown that we can't soothe, that catches us off guard and really breaks us down and just levels us. So it either levels our confidence or makes us question ourselves or pushes us into a dark place. And this is when emotions become us. They take over the perspective we might otherwise be able to access and instead the emotion starts to live as us. The mental narrative of the pain thus becomes your experience of self. And that's because in the process of being smacked down by pain, there is a bait and switch that occurs on a mental level. A moment when a balance is tipped by the chemicals and how much we really don't want to feel those chemicals. 
And that's when the challenges become more than just challenges. In our experience of them, suddenly you begin living out the scripts that the challenges handed you. Like they become me and my life and not just a really intense pain or a thing that you're suffering and you want to get away from. And that's what I want to target with you today in this episode, that there is a moment of power for you that exists when you're actually holding a script and playing it out and you can't actually see that you're doing that. And this is when the pain gets worse and it gets bigger and it makes you feel really shitty about yourself or really stuck. But there is still something in your control that you likely can't see. So this is not an episode about avoiding pain because you can't avoid pain altogether. And pain and stress and conflict is just a part of life and living it fully and being a person who feels joy and love and makes shit happen. The other side of that is pain and sorrow and dealing with conflict and stress. So when you try and you care about things, you will get hurt. And that's just natural. There will never be a time when then when that's not true, when you will just be able to predict the future and leap over the pain, and not deal ever. And that's just what it means to be alive. It's great. It's just part of it. It's like the valleys make the mountains. You just have to have those. There will be times when you struggle hard, but the way you think about those times is where your power lies. Just simple perception and kind of how you categorize the feelings you experience during those moments changes everything. Just a simple label or understanding of something. So this is all about a gentle switch in that moment of pain. Mental reminders that get you back into a position of empowerment and eventually control. Not reading the pain script aloud on a loop to eventually don the costume and play the corresponding part, but instead choosing to put down the script and see that it's just a script. Because the more you rehearse the emotion, the more you actually do read the script and you enact its corresponding beliefs, the stronger the part becomes, the more pervasive it becomes in your life. Which brings me to part two, the why. Emotions are like a feedback system, human sonar, but less high-tech and evolved. So when you feel something in reaction to something external, it's just like you've gotten a visceral feedback as to how to understand this external thing. Hot is ouch, cold is burr, only with more complicated things. But they're still just emotions, and they take you for their own neural pathway rides. Big loops of chemicals and all the other corresponding memories and thoughts associated with them. But they are just recorded reactions to things, understandings of things in nature. So emotions, when indulged, can be catalysts for beliefs that cloud perception. And you must remind yourself to be active in that choice. Because fear can protect you, but it can also set you up in a mindset to expect terrible things. And therefore, you're looking for bad things. Hate is like a blend of fear, anger, and shame. And it can also make you act out hateful things onto others out of just resistance to this toxicity of hate. And sadness can go quickly from a tear into an ocean of self-loathing. 
so they beget more of themselves. Emotions are like chemical systems of experience built by memory. And just like you are not your thoughts, you are not your emotions. They just happen to you and through you, like nerves in your body reacting to touch. So if you don't have a practice of meditation, or you've never been able to do it before, or if you've just never been able to train your mind to shut off and be quiet, this might sound like something foreign or weird or hippie-like or impossible, but you are a being, a presence, like an energy, a 360 soul that expresses itself in all kinds of mediums, like from your handwriting to the sound of your voice. You are not the things in your head specifically. So you can, as a practice, empty this presence that is you of all distractions of everything, including your thoughts and any physical distractions like itches. You can become like just a void, a pure essence, or what it felt like to me was a leaf on a tree. Like you're just being alive and you're here, your consciousness. There are no emotions, no feelings, no thoughts in the way. And even if they do kind of flutter through, they just are. They don't have to be you. They don't have to carry you with them. So it's not necessary to get to this place of emptiness where you're just a vessel. It might not appeal to you to meditate at all. But I just want you to be aware that that is a real state that can exist for you if you choose to get there where you are not your thoughts, you're not your feelings. You can access the information of the sensations in your body, but they are not controlling you. They are not forcing you to live through them. The reason that that's important information is because in moments when you're being taken down by your feelings and they're, they're making you do certain things and they're catalyzing more bigger, more complicated beliefs about yourself, it can be really hard to trace your way out of it. And so it really helps to at least hone an ability to shut off your brain or use your physical body to stop thinking just when it's not serving you, when it's really fucking you up and it's making you feel bad. Like that, those are the times when you want to be able to calm yourself and rid yourself of those feelings. The reason a lot of people like to meditate is because it empowers you to access this place on command when you need it. And it's usually the most handy when you're in a lot of pain or you're triggered, like by a trauma. I used meditation, well, specifically yoga, but via that meditation to treat my PTSD. And that was incredibly powerful just as far as relief goes because it was, you know, you can't escape your brain. You can't take it off. You can't remove it from your body. So it really helps to be able to soothe your your chemistry by using, you know, your physical form to shut off the thoughts and also soothe anxiety and just overwhelm any kind of emotional overwhelm. You can actually soothe the chemicals yourself by activating your body. It's like a safe zone. So whether or not you choose to meditate based on listening to this, I just want you to understand how this level of manual shutting down of thoughts works related to your emotions, that the ones that motor your boat around against your will. Another powerful perk of meditation is that it forces you to stop looking forward or backward in your thoughts, and it instead forces you to just come to now, right now. And truly, nothing exists but right now. Right now. 
right now, right now. <laughs> because when you're angry or upset, it's usually because it has something to do with outside of right now. It has to do with that thing yesterday or that thing to come. So when you meditate or when you practice something that forces you to just be in this present moment, it brings you back to where everything is actually okay, where you're probably in a situation that's totally okay. Nothing is wrong. Nothing bad is directly around you. All that stuff is just outside of your experience. And it's, it's actually you bringing it into the present that is ruining the present moment. So it's like your brain is making you live through this negative thing by conjuring it in the current state, by imagining it. By not redirecting your thoughts, you are allowing the issue to live through you like you're watching a videotape. So the reason this something wrong state is a huge issue more and more for people is that people move quickly through life and because of multitasking and smartphones and social media, the split attention span creates a pervasive sense of anxiety. So when you are not with yourself entirely, you are lacking a connection to the state of clarity and calm that is just you all in one place. It's like your brain has no actual capacity to focus when you are constantly living in a, a place of split attention. So this is when you feel anxious, unsettled, worried, and just you're never in one place. This is in, in itself a cause for most people to feel anxious and unhappy. It's like something's wrong, something is unsettled, but that's just because you are many places simultaneously trying to catch up and none of them is completely whole. So if you're always tugged in one direction or another, you're always compromised and you're unable to be clear and directed in where you place your focus. It's also where you are unable to connect to the deeper part of who you are and what you want. Where your focus goes, your life goes. So if it's split, you're moving in different directions at the same time. Therefore, you're not moving in one direction. So another concept I wanted to call out to your attention that illustrates this separation is when you are consumed with a thought about something, no matter what it is, you are actively practicing that thing, living it, creating it in the present. For example, if you are all consumed by resent over someone that wronged you, you are practicing resent in just your present moment. You are bringing it into your present and living it. You're making resent a part of your life, a, large, a part of your daily practice. So the more you practice something, the more your life embodies it. So this is really about being deliberate in these moments when things are bugging you or worrying you and pressing the right button to eject the videotape as soon as possible. And it just starts with awareness. It just starts with seeing that it's happening and that you, in fact, have some power in the situation. Which brings me to part three, the tools. So in all of my tools for this topic, the answers are going to be about softening. They're not things to muscle or resist or be mad at yourself. It's about reminding yourself gently and in a kind voice. So I want you to start to tame these thoughts with compassion and not judgment, not 
feeling frustrated at yourself, I just want you to remind yourself to relax backwards behind these things and not attach, not to react, just to like notice, notice that they're happening. So the first tool I have for you is a mantra. And this is something I use quite a bit when I get caught up with a fight or a thing that's happened or some moment where you're just really crystallizing like how fucked up life is and just how painful everything is. It's like that's when you start to be really dramatic about pain or about how you're feeling and your emotions. So the mantra is not everything has to mean something. So in that moment when you're starting to be like, oh my God, things are so bad. It's like when you have that movie moment in your mind where you're like looking at yourself almost. Just remind yourself like, don't lump a giant teaspoon of drama into this situation. Like it just is. Not everything has to be a big deal. Not everything has to mean something. The drama or the emphasis you attribute to something is 99% of that thing's meaning. So remind yourself like chill. It doesn't have to be that big of a deal. Even a really big dramatic fight doesn't have to be so much of a big deal. Not everything has to mean something. Maybe choose to let it go. That's number one. Number two, come back to the physical. So your physical body, I mean, if you have issues related to certain traumas, maybe this isn't going to help you. I have a different one for you. But in the moments when you are really starting to spin out, mentally and freaking out or worrying, the first thing you can do to kind of deprogram that is come back to your physical body. So when your brain is is the one thing that's like driving you insane, the power you have lies in focusing on physical sensations. So shifting from living inside of your brain and your thoughts to perceiving them, perceiving these things. So for example, focusing on the sound of your breath is a really important one, or focusing on just parts of your body, how your chest feels, how your throat feels, how your feet feel, how your hands feel, very specific and nuanced sensations. I think one of the best things you can do when you're in that moment of like freaking out and pain is just try and trace through your body where it's taking on a physical form. So where in your body is clenched. Um, And if you don't want to go into your physical body, like if that doesn't help you, makes you feel weird, then I suggest trying um, going into the auditory sensations. Focus on individual sounds you hear and start with the ones that are closest to you. Really focus on the space and how the sound describes the space you're in and then try and focus on the ones farthest away from you. So this is just a way to start to disempower the emotional loop is starting to just really step back and focus on sensation. That's number two. Number three, it's kind of a mean title. I don't want you to injure any any turtles. That's my caveat. Um, Number three is turn the turtle over. And that's just, I want you to imagine there is a raging demon red turtle. And that's you. When you feel like things like um, really potent emotions like rage or hate or resent or terror, this is a way for you to come back to 
the very human and approachable and normal and small emotion that's beneath that. It's a way to return to kind of self-compassion. And it's also a way to disempower that feeling. So when you lose your perception of self in the face of really painful, potent emotions, that's when you are really suffering from them. You can't find a way out of them. They take over your life. And in those moments, I want you to realize that, like, you're a giant (laughs) red demon turtle. And in order to take the power away from that feeling, you flip over the turtle. On the bottom side, you can see it's not red at all. It's just something very small and human and understandable, something very soft. So, for example... There's a deeper emotion that causes hate, and that's usually something like fear or vulnerability. When we are threatened, we usually strive for uh, something to toughen ourselves or something that will help our ego. You know, we want to prove that we're right and everyone else is wrong or those people are stupid and we're so correct and they don't know. So underneath that, though, is really something very vulnerable and childlike and human. And once we can identify that, that's like a key. It's a key for us to be able to forgive that other thing and also remember, like, we're we're human and we we have been hurt. It's when you can start to feel, like, love for yourself and, like, say, of course I would feel that way. It's because I want to be liked. I want somebody to want to be my friend. I want attention. I don't feel confident. Like all of those are very understandable emotions. And they are not so scary to us. They can also help us come back to compassion for somebody else. So it's kind of like a gentle soothing that allows you to undo something's power in your brain to like torture you and fixate on a mental loop. So remember, there's two sides to the turtle and below the red is actually very soft green. It's number three. Number four, meet those trolls face to face. So imagine there's like, you know, when you're a kid and you're afraid of whatever is under your bed, usually the the key is to like shine a light under the bed. Or turn all the lights on in the room and then shine a light under the bed. Um, But that is another way to think about the really uh, toxic emotions as they start to affect you. Or the toxic thoughts or the the feelings that make you really want to like have a good stiff drink or run away or start to make you pissed at everybody around you. Like the best solution in that situation or something for you to try is to just stare that feeling in like face to face, get really close to it, look at it and just describe to yourself the sensation that is that emotion in all its like gory detail. You know, like if you're getting irritated and frustrated, instead of like trying to suppress it, try going into it and just seeing how it feels completely and just sit in it. Because what you'll find is like, it just is. It's not that un- intolerable. It's not going to have, like, it doesn't have the power to overcome you. It just is intense. But it's like a way to remind yourself that you actually do have a lot of 
capacity in those moments. Like it, it doesn't have to overtake you and it probably won't. It's just like in the moments of intensity, it's like, it's like sitting in a really hot bath. You're like, ow, 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 ow. But it's like, it, it just beco- becomes way more doable. Um, I have two more tools. I know I have a lot in this one. So the next one is actually one I got from, well, it's, it's a merge of one tool from Tara Brock, who is an awesome podcaster and author. If you haven't heard her meditations, she's really cool. Um, but this is called, it's a journal exercise. So this is called Zag's Top 10 Hits. So imagine you have a cassette tape and it's from some 80s band called the Zags. And you're, uh, this is the top 10 hits. So the top 10 hits they have in this case are going to be the fears and the pains that bother you. And this is just a way for you to take the power away from the things that come up for you. It'll usually be pretty similar issues. It'll be something you've dealt with before. They come up again and again for us. And that's partly because of just where we have the most trauma or pain from childhood. So I want you to write in your journal your top 10 hits for this band called Zag. You'll understand why in a minute. But uh, let's say, for example, one is someone not finding you attractive. That brings up I'm not good enough and like all this other shit. Let's say another one is um, when I don't get invited to a party or I don't know, whatever yours are, write 10 of them, your top 10 hits. And in those situations, I want you to re like pre-decide how you are going to zag, meaning change the pattern of your behavior following that, like leaping into something totally different and unrelated that will cause you some sort of, um, preferably something that brings lots of endorphins to your body or serotonin to your brain, something physical, and write it next to that uh, item. So let's say it's the someone not finding you attractive. What is something that you could do that would zag from that situation? How about go to yoga and wear your favorite outfit? Something that's going to reward you in a way that makes you, A, gets you out of that situation and B, promotes good chemicals and C, also gives you a reward that makes you feel better about that issue in particular. So all in all of these situations, your goal is to get chemicals moving in a different direction and also not allowing yourself to play out the rest of that loop. Because you probably know, even if you just think about one of those things for yourself right now, that it comes with like another extra three hours, depending on how you act, or depending on what happens right after that. It brings with it like it could be another three hours of pain. It could be another two days of emotional issues or fights or whatever. So I want you to pre-decide what you're going to do when you hear that top 10 hit play and get out of that rut immediately. So you're going to identify the cues that set you off. And you're going to choose a new routine that has a similar benefit. Whatever it is, you're going to run like hell in the opposite direction. That's number five. And number six, this is a cool... A cool tool, cool tools rule, um, and it's called the last gate, the last gate, the last gate before change. So the very, this is something you'll grow to know yourself and you might already know it, 
but I want you to visualize there's this like wrought iron giant intimidating gate in this like I don't know limbo state passage that is the final test before change before growth occurs and that gate is called doubt self-doubt self-doubt is a doozy it is like the final battle in mortal Kombat, and the ninja has like lightning bolts they throw and they're half it's half goat dude anyway and it knows how to talk you out of things this this battle you will have is like the voice that will tell you you're a loser you're never going to be different you should give up you don't deserve happiness or love like that's all bullshit the words that other people say are made up and this doesn't work i should know better whatever it is remember that when you have self-doubt when you have those words of like what who am i fucking kidding this is ridiculous that is actually the final gate you're at the final gate before change has become effective and when you face this battle with this goat ninja that is self-doubt it's actually a part of you that is recognizing the change that is about to take place and is getting fearful of straying from sameness and what you've known so in other words it is a very good sign it's the last ninja that you're almost to a state of changedness so you have to just recognize that this is actually a sign of the last gate right before it's actually worked so you've got to shake all you've got to do really is just shake the hand of that doorman listen to the shit talking of you're never gonna do this and just keep going even if you are terrified, even if you believe all the words, you've got to keep going. It's just a sign that, like, you're almost there. Self-doubt is just the final gate before successful change and growth. So when I get nervous now, when I feel like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I'm good enough to do this. I know now that's like the little bell that rings as I'm walking through that gate. Like, oh, yeah, this means something good's about to happen means I'm, I'm growing about about to grow so those are my tools and i hope you enjoyed them i hope they work for you and in closing i want to say thank you holy shitballs thank you so much to my latest monthly sponsors margaret you're so sweet and adorable new margaret i have another margaret that i love as well gabriel gabriel however you say your name i love you and enrique you rock. You made my month. You made my last two months. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to all my current sponsors. You are creating my dream every single day. And um, I want to let everybody know I am about to launch a new website. I'm trying to get all the accounts and the links to work, but it'll be coming out soon. And I think you'll like it. I hope you like it. Um, and it'll replace the Teaspoon site. But uh, I also want to let you know I'm going to add the links to any reading material or listening material to this episode on the blog version of this post. So in closing, we are taught by just society and culture and the world to have high standards for ourselves. And if we are weak or we can't be strong or we can't just muscle through things, that there's something broken about us or there's something less about us, lesser about us. And this is the belief that drives most of us to run from pain or fight it or suppress it or ignore it or deny it. 
And when you hit walls of pain or you feel like something has carried you away with it, you start to freak out and feel like it's just the truth. And I want you to remember now in the future moments that you can just allow it to be. And you can remind yourself it's temporary and it's on its way out. It's not you. It's just happening to you. And it's normal. We all go through these times. We all have those thoughts. Try not to let them snag as they pass through. The greatest strength and the greatest opportunity you will have for growth arrives when you admit how you feel and if you hurt and where you are. It's from there that you can actually choose change. It's when you can actually set the highest goals. It's where you can make the most dramatic growth. It's when you hit those bottoms, when you feel like crap, when you feel leveled, that's actually the platform that's like the bouncy platform that you can shoot to the most dramatic growth. Just know that. It's when the most opportunity opens. So to create the change, to actually move out of that state, it just starts with having simple awareness. That simple step of acknowledgement that it's how you feel and it hurts and you, you don't like it, that's what gives you a key to separate from the chaos and also face it. And then you can overcome it. So I will tell you from personal experience and also science that these moments of confrontation are gifts. It's actually like a great opportunity for change, especially if you're hitting a rock bottom of any kind. When you allow yourself to just face it and cry and be in it and say, I, I want this to change. I don't want to feel this way. Like that's actually the window of time in your life when you have the greatest opportunity for growth on a mental level as well. You can actually alter the most neural pathways when you confront it. It's like it's like a marker versus living through a loop. So when you're, when you're stuck in habits and routines, like running from something or dealing with something or soothing something, nothing is changing. You're just reinforcing this belief versus when you sit in it and you look at it and you're like, I hate this and it hurts me. That's actually when all opportunity opens up. It's when you can say, I need to change something and I want to change something. That's when you can actually get out of the routine it's a huge opportunity. I hope that made sense. So when you accept all that sucks and you really look at it, you see it for what it is, it's not you anymore. You don't have to live through it. You can confront it. And that's when you can actually choose who you want to be. It's when you realize like you're brave and you're competent and you're capable and you can say this isn't who I am and what I want. I want to love myself. I want to feel unafraid and I want to change. So with that, I hope this helped you. And uh, I believe you can do whatever you want to do. I, can, I believe you can change in any way you want to change. And I believe uh, you can overcome any of this stuff. Of course you can. Um, with that, if you know anyone that would like this, please share it. And um, don't forget to smile. Oh,